Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi, welcome back. This will be for Zechariah chapter 1. I'm going to read a little introduction about uh, Zechariah. Zechariah prophesied between 520 and 518 BC. He was both a priest and prophet. He assisted Haggai in motivating the Jews to rebuild the temple. His name means Jehovah remembers. History would suggest that he used objects and people from his own time as types to represent millennial counterparts. The heading reads, Zechariah calls upon Judah to repent. He is shown by visions that the cities of Judah and the temple will be rebuilt. Verse 1, In the eighth month, in the second month of Darius, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying, Now, Zechariah was the son of Berechiah, who was the son of Edo the prophet. Edo was one of the priests and the Levites who accompanied Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltiel, home from exile in Babylon. Some confuse Zechariah with the Zacharias mentioned in the New Testament. The prophet Joseph Smith taught, however, that there are two different individuals. Verse 2, The Lord hath been sore displeased with your fathers. Therefore say thou unto them, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. Be ye not as your fathers, unto whom the former prophets have cried, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Turn ye now from your evil ways and from your evil doings, but they did not hear nor hearken unto me, saith the Lord. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? But my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not take hold of your fathers? And they returned and said, Like as the Lord of hosts thought to do unto us, according to your ways and according to your doings, so hath he dealt with us. Upon the four and twentieth day of the eleventh month, which is the month Sabbat, in the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying, Now this is Zechariah's first vision. I saw by night, and behold, a man riding upon a red horse. And he stood among the myrtle trees that were in the bottom, and behind him there were three red horses, speckled and white. And I saw, and when the lamb opened, whoops, uh, let me stop right there. Uh, A man riding upon a red horse is probably the angel of the Lord. In this scene, enacted in the very in the valley bottom, he is the protector of God's people. Aspects of the divine providence are represented in the colors of the heavenly scouts. Red depicts battle and bloodshed. White represents victory and peace. Sorel, or speckled in the King James Version, i.e. reddish-brown, is the aftermath of confusion in the unsettled period after the end of hostilities. Now, when it says in the bottom, uh, that means in the valley. This is the first of seven visions given to Zechariah. The occasion of the visions is the growing impatience of the returned exiles. They can they could perceive no sign of God's presence or of his interest in their labors and difficulties. Haggai had assured them that in a little while God would shake the kingdoms and fill his house with glory. But time passed and there was no sign of this. The people began to lose faith in God. These visions of Zechariah thus came at a most important crisis. To his countrymen, they were a bright panorama of hope, revealing the marvelous providence of God and his love for his people. The first vision assures them that God knows every detail of their circumstances. His messengers are ever on the alert 
alert, bringing tidings to their king from all parts of the earth. That was uh, by Drumolo. So notice in here in Zechariah where he says that he saw four horses, four different colored horses. The first one in verse 8, he says he saw red, a red one, um, red horses, and then speckled horses, and a white horse. And this, there's some similarities in Revelation chapter 6, uh, which says, And I saw when the Lamb opened one of the seals, one of the four beasts, and I heard, as it were, the noise of a thunder, saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. And he that sat on him had a bow, and a crown was given unto him, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. Elder McConkie identifies the rider of the, on the white horse as Enoch, who was a general over the armies of the saints. Enoch's city was translated about 3017 B.C. And uh, Moses chapter 7 supports this idea, explaining that Enoch led the people of God and their enemies came to battle against them. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went out another horse that was red, and power was given to him that sat thereon to take peace from the earth, and that they should kill one another. And there was given unto him a great sword. And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld and lo, a black horse. And he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. Hurt not thou the oil and the wine. That was uh, probably a reference to Moses' time. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked and beheld a pale or green horse. And his name that sat on him was death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger, and with death and with the beasts of the earth. And that probably has to do with about the thousand years before Jesus so back to Zechariah, verse 9. Then said I, O my Lord, what are these? And the angel that talked with me said unto me, I will show thee what these be. And the man that stood among the myrtles trees answered and said, These are they whom the Lord hath sent to walk to and fro through, through the earth. And they answered the angel of the Lord that stood among the myrtle trees and said, We have walked to and fro through the earth, and behold, all the earth sitteth still and is at rest. The writers sent out by God now return and report that the earth is by no means shaken in its in, and in motion, but the whole world sits quiet and, and at rest. We must not indeed infer from this account that the writers were all sent for the simple and exclusive purpose of obtaining information concerning the state of the earth and communicating it to the Lord, for it would have been quite superfluous and unmeaning to send out an entire troop on horses of different colors for this purpose alone. Their mission was rather to take an active part in the agitation of the nations, if any such existed, and guide it to the divinely appointed end, and that in the manner indicated by the color of their horses, that is, according to Revelation 6, those upon the red horses by war and bloodshed, those upon the sterling or starling gray or speckled horses by famine, pestilence and other plagues, and lastly, those upon the white horses by victory and the conquest of the world. And that was by Keel and Delich. So you can see the parallelism here between this, this chapter or these verses and the book of Revelation. Verse 12, Then the angel of the Lord answered and said, O Lord of hosts, how long wilt thou not have mercy on Jerusalem and on the cities of Judah, against which thou hast had indignation these threescore and ten years, these seventy years? And the Lord answered the angel that, walked, that talked with me with, with good words and comfortable words. So the angel had, that communed with me said unto me, Cry thou, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I am, a je I am jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion with a great jealousy. For I am very sore displeased with the heathen that are at ease, for I will but 
a little, and, and, for I was but a little displeased, and they helped forward the affliction. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, I am returned to Jerusalem with mercies. My house shall be built in it, saith the Lord of hosts, and a line shall be stretched forth upon Jerusalem. Cry yet, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, My cities through prosperity shall they shall ye shall yet be spread abroad, and the Lord shall yet comfort Zion, and shall yet choose Jerusalem. For seventy years Jerusalem lay in ruins after the terrible destruction of the Babylonians at the time of King Zedekiah, king of Judah. Zechariah now prophesied of a time when the that when the land of Judah would would again prosper, cities would cover the land, and Jerusalem would be rebuilt and be adorned with a temple. The Lord will yet accept his people and own Jerusalem. Here again was a dualistic prophecy. Jerusalem was rebuilt under Zerubbabel, Ezra, and Nehemiah, and again became the capital of the Jewish nation. But in AD 70, Rome destroyed Jerusalem and the Jews as a nation. Not until 1948, when Israel once again became an independent nation, did Jerusalem again become the seat of government for a Jewish nation. On the 13th of December, 1949, the Israel government announced that Jerusalem was and would remain Israel's eternal capital. Verse 18, Then lifted I up mine eyes, and saw, and behold, four horns. And I said unto the angel that talked with me, What be these? And he answered me, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, Israel, and Jerusalem. The horn is a symbol of power. The horns, therefore, symbolize the powers of the world which rise up in hostility against Judah and hurt it. Remember that the horns are the those things that are on top of the altar. They're the pointy parts that uh, that show the that that are on each of the corners of the altar. The four horns, which are seen simultaneously, may represent nations which succeeded one another. This is shown still more clearly by the visions in Daniel 2 and 7, in which not only the colossal image seen in a dream by Nebuchadnezzar, but also the four beasts, which are seen by Daniel to ascend simultaneously from the sea, symbolize the four empires which rose up in succession one after the other. It is to these four empires that the four horns of our vision refer. Zechariah sees these in all the full development of their power in which they have oppressed and crushed the people of God and for which they are to be destroyed themselves. That was by Kiel and Delich. It is not clear from which four empires are meant in this prophecy. If the prophecy referred to the empires of the past that engaged in the scattering, they would be Assyria, Babylonia, Persia, and Media. But if Zechariah was also looking to the future, as Daniel did, the four empires would be Assyria, Babylonia, Greece, and Rome. Persia and Media would be omitted since they are they were responsible for the return of the exiles. And that was out of the Institute Manual. Verse 20, And the Lord showed me four carpenters, or craftsmen, or artisans, in Hebrew. Remember that Jesus was not really a carpenter, but a craftsman. Then said I, What, co- what come these to do? And he spake, saying, These are the horns which have scattered Judah, so that no man did lift up his head. But these are come to fray, or terrify them, to cast out the horns of the Gentiles, which lifted up their horn over the land of Judah, to scatter it. The Lord told Zechariah that the builders would fray and cast out the four horns. As Keel and Delich noted, the vision does not show what powers God will use for this purpose. It is simply designed to show to the people of God that every hostile power of the world which has risen up against it or shall rise up is to be judged and destroyed by the Lord. Now there's a comfort, isn't there? Anyway, that's the end of the chapter and we'll see you next time. Bye.